Hello and welcome to Masters of Divinity. I am your moderator, JP. I don't know what I'm doing with my voice. It's just I, a thing. It's kind of like picture voice, JP, but is it quicker? Is it? But quicker. Is it kind of like? Isn't there like a like an Irish Catholic preacher voice? It's kind of like a like a Derby announcer. Sure. I, I heard a comedian talk about it. he's from Boston. I don't. I don't know. It's a long time ago. Hi, I'm JP, and with me is Father Chuck. Hello, Father Chuck. Hey. And Matt Wells. Hi. Uh, and they are here in the flesh, not their wives. That's right. They don't trick me. Back. It would have been hilarious if we had them in the wings, <laughs> and then they sit down and we're like, "Out." <laughs> we're just gonna no. do that every time now. <laughs> <laughs> guys, guys, did you listen to the episode last, we, from last week? Did I, you? I did. I did. I was very impressed. Canada, Canada killed it. And also, um, according to Facebook, that episode did better than most of our episodes. Oh, uh, it did really good. Yeah. <laughs> for for a first week, it did really good. Yeah, I'm not gonna lie. I um. Didn't share that with my wife. <laughs> <laughs> I told Kana. You kind of blew us away, Heather. No, I did. I told her um, I hadn't seen the Facebook numbers yet, how much, the reach on it. Yeah. Um, but I told her the listens, like by the second or third day. She's like, well, I wonder, I hope somebody listens to it. I was like, babe, you're already tracking better than, than we do. <laughs> <laughs> Here's the question. Did this, did this episode do better? Did it do better than Rob Bell? Mm, no. No, Honestly, no. no. <laughs> okay, that one, uh, that one placed us uh, on up the charts for a little bit. Okay, yeah. put it, it put us on the map for a second, momentarily. Momentarily, hot, a hot second, as the kids say. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, he's um, he's on Skype right now. We could just call him. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be great. What if we did? Just, just call. I'm not just, doing. We're that. not. We're not doing anything particularly. Uh, 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 we're it's not like doing a topic. We're just riffing. It's like six o'clock in California right which, now. Yeah, which yeah, means oh, he's probably means, watching the debates though. No, he doesn't want to be disturbed, right? No, like I guarantee you that he's on Skype because he is probably talking to somebody and recording his podcast. Oh, be hilarious! Which blows ours away. <laughs> well, what if what if we listen to like a Robcast and you hear boop? In the background, and he's like, "We're calling. Who's calling me?" (laughs) That would be brilliant. Um, But uh, yeah, the the ladies killed it. Um, Really did. By the way, I like you called it what the ladies of divinity, right? Yes. Yeah, better than mistresses of divinity, which would have been the proper feminine form of masters. But I think. Kana was appreciative of not being a mistress of divinity. <laughs> the connotation to that would have been extremely inappropriate. <laughs> well, you know, I wasn't trying to go for opposite or whatever. Just going for what sounded good. I thought ladies sounded better than mistresses. Agreed. Do you know what sounded good? What? My wife on that podcast. <laughs> Dude. <laughs> I told Heather, Heather like, like, hey, watch, watch it. Watch it. Watch it. I told my wife. Oh, it's about my wife, I'm just bro. kidding. <laughs> I, told, I told my and wife. And your wife. My wife was like, she's walking by the car, and I was like, "Hey, babe!" And she's like, "Yeah." And I was like, "I'm listening to your podcast." And she, and she's like, "Oh, really?" She's like, "I, I was so." I was like, "No, you did amazing." I was like, "And can I just say, babe?" I said, "I think you sound incredible. I really do, but I think you sound even better through the speakers of my car." <laughs> I was like, "You need a radio show." <laughs> yeah, they. Yeah, when I heard Kana's voice come on, I was like, "Oh." <laughs> She, she she could have a second career. <laughs> uh, it was kind of funny, Chuck. Uh, talking talking to them was, uh, in a way, sort of like talking to you guys, uh, especially <laughs> Kana, yes, who like bringing up books and up, stuff. Brought up what she read recently, and <laughs> I noticed, by the way, that you didn't. You because uh, Heather made a joke about her bringing up obscure book. 
Yeah. Um, but nobody called it the fact that the book was written by a Japanese dude. Oh, no, I got that. Oh, you got that? Okay. Mm, I didn't call oh, it out, but I got I it. Didn't realize, so I, I didn't realize he was Japanese. I, I think he's it was Japanese. funny. She, she brings that up, and it's like this book. It's not just, oh, I was reading this book, but it's some book that people are like, what? <laughs> and then I, I got a good laugh out of my, my wife. is like, well, I read Jenny McCarthy's book. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, babe. <laughs> That's how we do it. it. <laughs> Holding it down, representing. <laughs> well, uh, they did amazingly. Um, I, I want to have them on again, definitely. I, yeah, I will also say it's pretty funny. I think it was yesterday when I said something and my wife's like, yeah, I still haven't listened to my episode. I was like, well, babe, that means a lot to me too because she hasn't listened to any of ours. <laughs> <laughs> maybe, we could do, maybe we could do like a spouse roulette thing some point where like one episode it's like – me and Heather. Oh, especially they did that a lot in the seventies. Really, <laughs> really, this is where we're going with that already. <laughs> just out of like something from the seventies. It does, Mistress of Divinity. I was saying, you know, it might be kind of fun to like have like Matt with Kana like interviewing on the podcast. It sounds bad every time, no matter how I say it. So <laughs> because of JP, thanks. No, the, I don't edit this out. This is funny. Right. I, I okay. think that the dynamics could be funny if you did like me with. With Kana, and you with Heather, and then me with Heather, and you with Kana, and see how that affects our podcast. Yeah. It'd be kind of funny. See how that changes the, the dynamics of the situation. And, um, yeah, no, and, I'll just stop there. <laughs> and, and, then J- and, then, and then we can talk to JP's um, life-size body pillow. That'd be... <laughs> oh, what are you talking about, man? I got Catherine over here just waiting to talk. <laughs> <laughs> can we finally tell our listeners about Catherine? We haven't told our listeners about Catherine. We have we never have mentioned never, Catherine at all. 32 episodes, not one mention of Catherine. No, I, we introduced your wife um, and my wife to Catherine. Um, <laughs> oh, did you? Nice. Yes, I don't think they were... Um, thrilled with Catherine. <laughs> <laughs> I don't really know what Catherine is. I know it's a video game thing and it's a, uh, I guess an anime thing as well, but it's a, it's, it's a, a poster. It's a, yeah. There's a, I, I record in my cousin's room and there is a poster here and it just says Catherine and has, uh, what I would only, I, I could only describe as a blonde anime babe. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and that's Catherine, and she's been over my shoulder. <laughs> used, yeah, it used to be directly over JP's shoulder. So if you looked at JP's face, all you saw was her peeking <laughs> over his shoulder. And, and now, yeah. and now all we've got is something that says "to victory" with a Dalek. Right? Dalek. It's a Dalek, Dalek. whatever. And then, um, and then, is that the Killing Joke? Uh, no, that's just like a Silver Age Joker, or I guess Bronze Age Joker and Batman comic. It looks like Silver or... Age to me, but. I, I didn't know if it was killing if it was an issue from the Killing Joke or the Man Who Laughs or something like that. Well, it's whenever comic books are twenty cents an issue. Oh wow! So that actually that actually that. might be Bronze Age, yeah. Silver Age. Remember right. when comic books cost that much, guys? Oh boy! No. <laughs> oh yeah. Uh, so. Oh my gosh. What? I failed. What'd you do? I left them at home, JP. Oh. Did you, buy the, did you buy the redemption cards? I did. Not all of them, but I did. And I left them at home. <laughs> uh. To our audience who, who is listening, if you've been with us, you know our joyous memories of the redemption card game. Their, their joyous memories. I've um, never played the game. <laughs> I had to go buy a Christian bookstore to pick up something for my daughter's school. Um, so we needed some kind of somewhat cheesy sticker. And that's 
where where you go. Anyway, um, and for I, our, our new audience listeners, if you if you're not familiar, uh, Redemption is a collectible card game, uh, much like Magic: The Gathering. Only it's like the Christian version of Magic: yes. The Gathering. And Matt was really into it in high school. Matt was really, yeah, whatever. Uh, <laughs> JP was really into it in high school. I, I, I will tell our new listeners that I have listened to many a story from JP and from Matthew. <laughs> Um, talking about how they would go down to the local comic shop and they would play in the hopes that, that they would once. bring someone with them and then they could bring them to Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. <laughs> that was only once. And we purposely decided school uniforms. Um, anyways, we I'm wandering around this place looking for, for what I needed and lo and behold, on the clearance rack, like the Ark of the Covenant tucked away, <laughs> sits... Two boxes of unopened redemption packs. Crisp, factory sealed. And I got a big kick out of the fact that, according to the copyrights, they've been sitting on that shelf for 10 years, (laughs) 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 waiting for me to walk in. True that. Um, So, of course, I had to pick up a few for a couple, two for each of us, and I left them at home. That's all right, man. Uh, You sent a photo. You sent a photo to us in Facebook Messenger about it. And I didn't realize that they have like that they have packs related to like the Old Testament priests and the disciples. Mm-hmm. And I was like instantly intrigued. Like I always thought it was some kind of like Christian fantasy character kind of thing, no, like it's, archangels it's, and stuff like that. But like there's like they, they do have that, but uh, yeah, but they're all the named angels. But then, it's like Michael but, the archangel. But and... you could have like you could the have Apostle like, Paul. like James the Less, mm-hmm. or like what is it? Um, the guy, son of Alpha, Simon, son of Alpheus, whatever. Yeah. Like we could have like these really great obscure saints that we know nothing about. And they have like, like, do they have like powers? Like, yes, they do. I, they I had like five saints. Miriams and I couldn't get rid of her. She was like a super, yeah, that just kept I, like a, a super comic card. I, I love the idea that the Miriam is like the Pidgey of <laughs> yeah. just her. It's just her and her tambourine. I'm like, I hate this stupid card. Please I, re- trade I it. remember that card. <laughs> it was, it was a very common card and I hated it. <laughs> I can do the pose. The best part, the best part about this is that at my church we have like a very large stained glass window of Miriam right behind the altar, and she is holding the tambourine can aloft. I tell, can I tell you that um, I, I called JP and told him that I bought him, and I wanted to surprise you, but I forgot him, and I don't want to wait another week, so I'm, I just told you. But um, I told JP I had the most interesting experience in my life. I felt. Um, I, what's the the word I the, the only one I can think shame. of is, I felt shame. shame when I walked up to buy them <laughs> and the I, I was embarrassed and I slid them across the counter like I'm hoping nobody sees this You're like and I found myself <laughs> I found myself explaining to the guy as he rings it up and one of them the clearance thing didn't ring up and I was like oh no I'm not going to take that one I was like, I was like I'm just I'm just buying them for my friends on it's a, a podcast joke. anyway <laughs> like, it's for my podcast friends like I found myself explaining this guy's just like okay <laughs> he doesn't even know what they are. Like, he has no clue. <laughs> no, you see, what would have made that story way better if he was like, "You play, bro." Like, <laughs> <laughs> but um, if anybody, I gotta get rid of my Miriam's want to trade. But uh, I left way harder than I should have at that. JP and I failed years ago in that we um do not have our cards anymore. It's a sad, yeah. sad. Day. I gave mine away we to uh, my sister's boyfriend's child. Because I, I, I didn't play with them anymore. And my mom was like, you should give those cards to, 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 to What's-His-Face. And I'm like, oh, yeah, okay. I'm like, hey, man, I got these uh, 
redemption cards where it's like it's kind of like Magic the Gathering. You play Magic the Gathering. Like, yeah, I like to play Magic. It's like that. Here you go. And I just I just walked away. <laughs> yeah, we um we need somebody somebody out there to to track down and send us three starter kits because we 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 need to have an on air redemption battle. Bro, we could go on eBay and get these. We we need an on air redemption. Father battle Chuck will buy them need. off eBay. How about that? All right, Father Chuck's gonna buy them off eBay. Oh, actually, we're also talking about doing a Amazon. reading. I just don't want to spend any more money on these dumb cards. <laughs> <laughs> We've also talked about doing a reading of the Archangel comic books. Yeah, I have dramatic like, readings. I believe I have the entire run in my church's library. <laughs> we said, we which, by the way, it. one of the covers. I guess I have to point this out because I love, I love this. One of the covers of the issue because I see it every time I go in the library. It's, um, it's a, it's a, it's a take on the cover, the famous cover from the Crisis on Infinite Earths where uh, Superman is holding the dead Supergirl, yeah. which was also used as the uh, cover for Death in the Family, or the issue, or I guess it was Death in the Family, right, where Batman is holding the dead Jason Todd Robin right? Yeah. on the cover, <clears throat> you know, where, like, the holding him standing, he's looking up like this, they're, like, looking up, like, upward and screaming. Um, there is, like, th- that with, like, an angel, and it looks like a robot or... A night or something. I don't know what it was, but it, it's just always like it always stands out to me. It's like, oh wow, like they, they know their comics. Like that's kind of fun. <laughs> like they clearly are drawing from it. Yes. Which itself, by the way, because I'm a nerd, um, that image itself is meant to um, evoke the Pieta, which is the image of the Blessed Virgin Mary holding Jesus after the crucifixion. Mm-hmm. Father Charles, everybody. Yeah, we, we JP, <laughs> JP and I had the idea that we need to find out how many are in the entire run. And we need to devote that many podcasts to <laughs> the first part being a dramatic reading of the comic with Masters of Divinity commentary thrown in. Well, this is a work um, followed, followed by a rousing game of redemption to close us out. <laughs> that might be fun. <laughs> kind of like Harmon telling us to close the D&D. Yeah. Or, I mean, we could do it like, or we, or we could just do like an alternate thing where we have like little like, I don't know. I feel like the, I feel like we, we we talked about we talked about trying to do some kind of video thing like where we're trying to get more video stuff in our in we our, will do we'll do one of those action comics. <laughs> we, oh, that'd be great, actually. I wonder if they'd sue us. Um, <laughs> say, hey, we're doing evangelism. It's for the Lord. Um, but the the um, I was just thinking is like a video of the three of us playing Redemption over the computer that might be better than just trying to listen to it because it doesn't make much sense just hearing it <laughs> no. unless you're like really like unless we like take some cues from old timey radio and like oh, it get will, very it like will. it will I'll just, I'll, I'll just like explain everything I mean, okay well, well Chuck just threw down to Miriam yeah he'll give comments. she has a stupid tambourine Here, here's what I will tell you it will make at least as much sense as playing the game in the first place <laughs> it'll be entertaining for exactly five minutes right I gotta say something guys uh I feel like uh, this month our show took a, a turn. I feel like it's. I, th- I feel like we really came into our own this month. What do you guys think? I think we did pretty good. Yeah, I've heard better. No, <laughs> Can I, just I don't say, think. I, I don't. I hope. I hope she doesn't think I'm throwing her under the bus for saying this. But um, one of my favorite stories early on in our show is after Father Fun started listening to it, and then um, his wife Michael um, yeah. listened to it, and she gave us our only four star. Review, and the response was, "I've heard better." <laughs> and the fact you said that just brought that back up, Mikey. If you're listening to this, I love you, and you, I hope you don't think I'm throwing you under the bus. No, that honestly, that honestly was all of our favorite review. Yeah, <laughs> we we loved that one. <laughs> yeah, we really right. did. We got it. We got. We had a good time. We liked that one a lot. <laughs> you were never the same after that one. Uh. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so if we're horrible now, though, it's your fault. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> well. 
do, do you guys have any um, reflections on this past month? Uh, since you know we we went some places, we a little light on the pop culture, heavy on like actual like issues and stuff. We had we uh, had thematic content. Yeah, definitely more thematic. Rated, rated PG thirteen for thematic com- content. <laughs> I, I will say right away, actually, in, in the anxiety episode, there was something I wish I could have touched on a little bit. And we don't have to turn the whole episode into it, but I feel like I, I should have said something about uh, the kind of anxiety that just like appears out of nowhere and isn't really dependent on anything going on around you. Because uh, I've experienced that before, where it's like you have anxiety because it's just that time of day. I feel like we didn't really didn't really address that. I, but I, I don't know what you're talking about. Oh, okay. I've never experienced that. No, never. I don't, I don't think. I can't. I couldn't. I'm sorry. I couldn't tell for a second if you're being serious. So I was waiting for. <laughs> I'm being I was waiting for like the, I was waiting for the no JP. Obviously, <laughs> I'm being. I mean, I'm being uh, absolutely obvious. I mean, no. Well, I, it's, just, it's a type of anxiety that I know a lot of yeah, people experience. I I don't I don't have um uh, anxiety in the sense that uh, like I know Heather said herself. So I'm not I'm not saying something she wouldn't. I've I've never had anxiety in the form of like a panic attack like Heather yeah, like Heather said she's had before. I've been lucky not to experience that. Um but I've had anxiety in the sense that you have worries and concerns. Mm-hmm. And I yeah, I know I know what you mean where you just kind of have that moment where like you're you're not even doing anything, you're not anywhere special, but all of a sudden yeah. it's like what is the meaning of everything? Like I can't handle <laughs> Yeah, like yeah, it's a, it's at a is existential the right word? It's that moment when all of a sudden you're just sitting Probably. there out of nowhere. You're just like, oh okay. You're you're overwhelmed with the idea of huh. everything. I had um, that. I had that the other night. Yeah, it, and really? so yeah, it just yeah. it just kind of happens. Yeah, I was laying, sometimes. I was laying in bed and I had this realization I was gonna like, like it just like, like became very crystallized and clear to me like I'm gonna die. Like one day, like this is gonna happen to me. I've had that happen a couple of times. It's and usually laying in bed, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, I'm laying in bed. Like I think because I get a little paranoid sometimes when I sleep. I'm like, am I gonna wake up? Like uh-huh. there's like that, there's that little <laughs> happens to me every time I go to bed, guys. <laughs> I've never, JP. I've never, I've never experienced that before. Except, except every, every night. night like, I no. No. Except when I face my no. mortality every time no, I. No, but it is bed. funny. <laughs> it is funny as you're saying that. It's literally, it, it's literally like hearing myself. Like I'm listening to you talk. I'm like, uh huh, uh huh, uh huh. Uh-huh. Well, the way so I'm sure other people can relate. Well, the like, way the way that you phrased that to me was just like it's like oh it's three o'clock time to be anxious. Yeah. Like, I just didn't wait wait <laughs> guys I need two minutes I'll be right back. <laughs> like is there like there's just like a certain time of day where everybody panics? I, that's what I thought you were trying to say. No, there no, is just... a certain time of day where everybody panics. That's called rush hour. It's awful. I don't I don't experience that anymore because I now walk to work. <sighs> yeah, you shut up. Seven Jack. minutes. No wonder you awesome. don't understand. There's anybody that needed it. Uh, <laughs> I um. Uh, what, because of my driving? We, we <laughs> Not because all... you're driving. You, uh, I, I, I don't think I've ever seen anybody get so angry with other drivers before. <laughs> hey, hey, hey. <laughs> and it, hey. It's, it, it, which is hey. kind of fun to watch. Hey, hey, I hey. I won't lie. Hold on a second. Yeah. It only counts if people hear you or know. If you're angry to your own, no, you can't prove it, right? You can't prove it. You don't <laughs> roll the window out, do you? Do you roll the window down and yell at them? I have. All right, you're wrong. <laughs> I will say. I love my horn. I will say I. I'm ashamed of the anger I've reached driving in my car before. Oh, I'm I am too. Ashamed of the yeah. things that have come out of my mouth. Chuck but is I am up proud. New York driver. Like. But I am proud to say that I'm I've yelling it. Once. I'm proud to say that I'm yelling it in a car with the rolled up windows. <laughs> Nobody ever knows I actually did it. <laughs> oh yeah, everyone around me is a moron. That's just how that worked. Yeah. Um... But no, no, the, the, the anxiety thing. Like, yeah, I was, uh, 
Castling, they haven't been the other night and just, you know, like, and like sometimes like this, like, you know, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a weird thinker person. If you haven't figured that out, listen to this podcast, you know, um, I, I'm laying in bed and occasionally the thoughts occurs to me and it's like, you know, like sleep is a weird thing. Like your body just sort of shuts yeah, down. Uh-huh. It's weird. Uh-huh. It's weird that we do it. Yeah. And then there's like this, sometimes there's this mild thought of like, it's kind of like, I guess what death is. So like. Mm-hmm. What if I don't wake and up? Then, yeah, and then you start thinking like someday it is one hundred percent deny. Like you can't, you can't deny one hundred percent for sure. Someday I'm going to die. Yeah. <laughs> like, and then you're lying in bed going, now I don't want to sleep. Yeah, so, so it's, like, it's like it's unavoidable. It's unavoidable. One day I'm going to die. There's nothing, yeah. nothing I can do. I'm going to die someday. Yeah, and yeah, it, it definitely creates a sense of uh, uh, FOMO for me. And, and you guys are familiar with FOMO and fear of missing out. Yeah. Yes. Let yes. That's my biggest fear. And and let us know in the comment section right now. Pause and let us know if we just caused a panic attack. We apologize. <laughs> we should have we should have warned ahead of time. This discussion may cause thoughts that could cause panic attacks. I apologize. Well, it's weird. It's weird that I was I was having that experience because I was having that experience Saturday night and um, 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 I didn't have like a panic attack over it. It was just a thought that popped in my head and I had this sort of like heavy emotional like you know like mild anxiety over it but it's like oh, it's this effect of nature and this is just what happens and then i kind of forced myself to think about uh the godzilla movie i'd make when i want to make a movie and it just went away and just bottled that down deep just bottled it real deep <laughs> just cork it very deep just cork it push it down yep. further and went to bed that is healthy and it will <laughs> never it will never resurface again i was like <laughs> you know what the, the rapture's gonna happen that's just, that's that's fine that's the same thing I do when I'm angry with somebody. I keep telling people, it's healthy, guys. Just bottle it, <laughs> bottle it down deep. You reminded me so much of my, one of my favorite parts of Rick and Talladega Nights. <laughs> Bury it down deep. Don't ever bring it up again. <laughs> God, that movie's so great. But no, then like, but then Sunday morning, I'm, I'm at church and uh, finished the eight o'clock service and my, um, and my, in the class that I do um, between the services, 1030 service, get ready to start. And um, after the game, I, or after the, after the, uh, after the game, after the, <laughs> after the service, I was going to a baseball game, uh, get ready to, get ready to go to church. And I was going to, you know, going to be heading down to Miami, like immediately for a 110, um, uh, Marlins game in Marlins Park, um, and so uh, getting all set for that. And uh, Kana comes into the sacristy where I'm, where I am, and she's like, she's like, "Sorry to interrupt. You know, I know you're getting ready for service." She's like, "But um, just learned that Jose Fernandez, the pitcher for the Marlins, died." Yeah. And like 24 years old, ace pitcher. I mean, tragic. Just tragic. Um, died in a boating accident. Um, the boat hit a jetty at three o'clock in the morning. They couldn't see the jetty full speed. Just plowed into it four people wow. killed including himself and they um, know where like miami oh, miami yeah um yeah i guess they went to celebrate they beat the braves so they went out to celebrate and uh there's no evidence of drinking or drugs so far but um i guess they just went on the boat to cruise around i mean you'd think that you'd be asleep at 3 a.m because you have to pitch the game the next day but uh, you know i don't know <laughs> yeah but the game wasn't till like one yeah so Anyway, so it was really tragic, and they canceled the game yesterday. And um, tonight, the Marlins play the Mets, and they're be- they're beating or they're beating them. I don't know if they won the game, but everyone wore um, Jose's jersey. It was really sad, and but it got me thinking about mortality. It was weird because I was thinking about that, and then I was thinking about this, and um, it just dawned on me. Wait, like, wait, wait. Vin Diesel just went live. <laughs> just I, I always miss it. <laughs> Sorry, carry on. But we've addressed really? that before on the podcast. Hold on. <laughs> We're talking about death. And mortality, man. And <laughs> you interrupt you listened, with the diesel. Have you listened to Vin Diesel? If anybody will make you feel better about death and mortality, it is Vin Diesel. 
Am yeah. I wrong? Come on. No, no, it's, it's right. Just hit I mean, play and listen to the man talk. I anyway, cry up to my uh, You're probably right, but anyway, just <laughs> I'm sorry that was inappropriate. Uh, yeah. Anyway, that's what happens with this stupid Apple. Well, all I was just saying is that it makes me realize that I need to live. I need to live my life more, and we need to enjoy it because at any moment it can end. So I maybe agree. we should stop this podcast and listen to Vin Diesel. I, I agree. <laughs> Not about the stopping the podcasting. Ar- Arnold Palmer died too. Uh, yeah, Arnold Palmer died. Yeah, um, he was 87. But I thought yeah. it, I found it interesting. Um, I know I we refer to other podcasts that we ta- we listen to all the time, and I'm sorry to those of you that are tired of it, but deal with I'll, it. It's I'll bleep it up. Um, no, because it's Harmontown. No, you won't. I was listening to Harmontown uh, a couple days ago. And it's an epi- it's an older episode. I'm behind, mm-hmm. and I'm listening to a to an episode, and they're talking about um, victim blaming, oh, yeah. and how we automatically assume obviously something they're doing, um, and then this horrible tragedy happens with the pitcher, and what do I find? Everybody I hear talking about, it's like, oh, it's so sad. I wonder what he's doing out at 3 a.m. Why would you be on a boat? What was he up to? What was going? Uh, yeah, I'm that's like, wow, that same instant. internet crap. I was like, it's instant victim blaming. Yeah. I um, saw well. I saw a guy um, post on Twitter when I was after church. I was looking at the news feed on Twitter just to see all the different things, and I saw somebody post that was like, "Show your respect for Jose Fernandez with this limited edition T-shirt that's selling out fast. Buy it here." Wow! Like, dude, dude, been dead like, like, yeah. like six hours, and they're like, "Buy this T-shirt." Wow! So I saw I saw the the callousness of consumerism. On display and um, victim blaming is what you saw. And just a reminder that the internet is just a lovely, great, <laughs> positive place where nothing bad ever happens. Nothing bad ever. This is happens. why we have a blacklist of topics. It is. Is it, the internet one of those really blacklists? No. No, no, oh. no. No, we, we could can dive into that. Oh, that's right. That's right. Our blacklist is because these are things we don't want to talk about because we don't want to get the ire of the. Um, of the keyboard warrior, is that the deal? Sure. I, I of of uh, such and such, and also uh, just to, just to keep it keep it uh, keep it crispy. Yeah, well, there's a few different reasons we have, and someday we will. Someday, someday yeah. There's we'll there are address. some topics on that list that it's like, oh, we'll just, just just wait a little bit. Yeah, someday we'll we will address someday. them, and we we're will, teasing the listeners, right? And now. we'll let you in yeah, on the blow. Yeah, we'll let you in on all of them someday. Um, yeah. We will address some of them. We won't address others, but we'll get to it. In the future, but right now there's there's some topics we avoid because we know of personal situations it would create that we don't mm-hmm. want right now. Um, there's some we avoid because of no we know of people who it could personally hurt, and we don't want to have anything to do with that. Right. Um, personal friends, not like groups of people. I mean individuals. Um, Got you like. <laughs> The way you the way you phrase that, I was thinking is like we're gonna we're gonna talk about like a person, like right, a person. <laughs> Today then, our episode is about Becky Smith and, then, <laughs> and how just awful she was in middle school. And then there, Becky. and then there's the final the final category. And there's not that many things on the blacklist, even though it sounds like there's a lot. But then there's a final category where there's certain things we won't address um, directly, especially right now in this climate, aka politics, um, <laughs> because. <laughs> Because we do not want our podcast to be negative. Right. And some things, if you address them now, you are going to have to choose one side or the other, which is going to make you um, negative toward a I, majority I, of yeah. listeners. We, I, we, I, we strive to be a, a happy place that shares right. thoughts and discussion without without uh, it's our way or the highway or anybody yeah. being able to take it that way. But yeah. I do think enough time has passed where I can um, 
I can express that I'm really pissed off that Bernie Sanders is not the uh, Democratic candidate for president this year. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I said it. I said it. I said it. I don't care who I alienated with that comment. JP, JP, are you a Bernie bro? Am I a Bernie bro? No. Bernie bro? I'm not a Bernie bro. I was a Bernie supporter. I was also a Bernie supporter. Yeah, I'm like wondering why you're not backing me up here. Uh, just because I, I thought it'd be funny. <laughs> I just thought it'd be funny to, 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 to make you to make you sweat a little bit there. Thanks, thanks, buddy. You're welcome. You're welcome, bro. But yeah, no, the 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 political climate is, uh, ugh. And of course, we, we, we're we're recording this on the night of the first debate. Yeah. Between um, Trump and Hillary, so I can't wait for the. I'm sure positive and. The healthy idea healthy. sharing that's going to go on there. No, I uh. can't wait for the positive and healthy responses <laughs> I get to read tomorrow on the internet. It's going to be a long week. I can't wait long to see. Week. I can't wait to see how everybody handles this with so much class and grace and great. Yes, and grace. Grace I can't wait. and poise. I can't wait to the see. Epitome of American politics. I can't. Somebody show it to me, please. <laughs> You know, I realize. Um, you know, you know who we, you know who I don't build up on this podcast. Speaking of grace, Calvinists. <laughs> yes, there you go. On an episode where we don't have a topic, and we've opened it up to riffing, and we've admitted that there's some wounds that we've opened up that could probably use some addressing and, and cleaning and healing. Chuck, Wait, Calvinists are on the blacklist. Chuck, Chuck, let's talk about your Calvinist. <laughs> I just honestly, honestly, I, I'm hoping one day. This is this is this is just between the three of us, okay? I'm really hoping one day a Calvinist comes and the two people that listen. (laughs) I hope a Calvinist comes across this podcast and they hear me and they just get really irate and then suddenly like they create a controversy and we're like people are talking about it on Facebook and suddenly we're known and then like I can I can like have an actual conversation and be like, hey, you know, you're I don't I don't agree with what you guys are doing, but you're not that bad. I just like making fun of you. I just like making fun of you. Easy target. I don't. I don't get involved in the. You guys. You guys are all about. Discussion. You guys are all about perseverance, right? So, like, learn. You know, you can persevere. Yeah, the, I mean, we, we, the, wow. the, the perseverance of the saints is wow. the P and tulip, which is um, wow. part of the five points of five point Calvinism. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Oh, I followed. I followed. I followed you right into that dark, dark tunnel. Well, you know, it, it is a sore spot for me. I wouldn't say sore. Uh, but it, but it, it does but have you, significant meaning to me because I, I, I will I, – I used to uh, – or I, I should say I did wander down the path of Calvinism for uh, a bit. Yep. That was during the time that – notice JP and I didn't hang out very much during that time. <laughs> well, and, there was also the benefit of we were like kind of across the country from each other. So, Oh, was that when you were in L.A.? Uh, a little bit after LA. Okay. See, I thought, I thought you were talking about like the year that you were, uh, when you were really heavily involved in missions. No, 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 no. I was not a Calvinist. Then. He was, um, I didn't think so, but JP, I, I will, I will defend you as a friend and as a human being, as always being a pretty amazing guy. I will. So, so don't take this the wrong way, but what, oh, I, but, go. but what I can tell you, <laughs> but is he was not, he was not venturing into Calvinism or missions while in LA that, that doesn't go together. <laughs> well, so, you know, I was going to John MacArthur's church in LA. Yeah, I will say though that I, that I, I, I do believe, JP, that you are a man of character. So I'm not questioning your character, but it's Thank LA. You. Like he's not a Calvinist in LA. <laughs> um, 
that you no. went there for movies and was involved with the Hollywood crowd. Come on. <laughs> yeah. I'm just saying, he uh, might have thought he was foreordained by God from the beginning some of time people, to be in L.A. Hey, some <laughs> that people, was the excuse I gave, but... Some people are chosen before they are born to be great directors, and others mm-hmm. are not. It's called nepotism. <laughs> what have you guys been watching? Have you guys been watching anything lately? Anything new? Uh, Chuck, I know you, I know you've been checking out South Park. You didn't watch the second episode, which started this week, but you watched the first episode. Watched the first episode. Um, was, laughed a lot. Um, <laughs> I feel like I, I'm kind of interested, intrigued where it went in the first episode because I feel like it covered uh, it's covering similar ground that that this podcast has covered. Oh yeah, um, with its commentary on nostalgia. Yes, that's very true. And um, I, I, I sort of, I, it kind of felt good, like, oh, like we're tapping into a zeitgeist, like that's kind of awesome. I wish we had come up with the concept of member berries. Member berries <laughs> is hilarious. Remember Chewbacca? <laughs> Remember Tie Fighters? <laughs> Remember Chewbacca again? <laughs> Those listeners who have no idea, like they're like, okay, that was the last straw. We are done with the podcast. <laughs> Which, by the way, is me. So you listeners, hang on with me. We'll get through this. <laughs> you, should, you should watch it, man. It's funny. It tries to point out, Matt, that, that, that basically like that the racism, like the resurgence of racism and, and sexism that we see in our country right now is a form of nostalgia, which I think is genius. It is. That's sort of all we are in a lot of our media. It's like, hey, remember when this thing happened? Yeah. You know, it's funny, Chuck. Ever since we had our nostalgia episode, I've actually been noticing a lot of people covering nostalgia and talking about it lately. Yep. Like I said, we, we, we tapped a zeitgeist. Unfortunately, none of them were listening to us, so we, <laughs> we didn't get any credit. <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, man, we can just pretend that we're like that we're like that really obscure like thing that like that like we're the punk that people band. been popularized later. We're the punk band that only musicians are into. Right. Yes. Like. Like the Kinks, mm-hmm. or uh, not Captain. the Kinks. Um, sorry, um, I was wrong with the Kinks. Man, no, the Kinks are a good band. Um, I was thinking of uh, the Shags. The Shags, gosh! But, like only people who are like, like I found that like people who are like really, really and into like obscure music are like man. All about the the world, I can't even listen to the Shags. Ironically, like yeah. In the world of comedians, were the aristocrats joke? <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, sure, sure. We're the thing that they all share with each other and nobody else. Yeah. Uh, if you haven't listened to the Shags, um, just just YouTube it and give it a listen. And it's they're they're I don't know. Did they make more than one album, Chuck? I think it's just, just one. They just did the one. Um, for the listener, for the backstory of them is that they were all they were like there's like three, three of them, yeah, four or three of them. It's like two girls, one guy. I thought they're all girls. I thought it was one dude. Uh, maybe they're, anyway, they were they're all like homeschooled. It's like a family. They're all homeschooled. The dad <laughs> if that set the stage for you. The dad their dad believed that like they were like destined to be great musicians, but he never bothered to teach them to play their instruments. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so they recorded a record having not a single lesson in how to play a musical instrument. If you've ever listened to the soundtrack to Juno and listened to like the Moldy Peaches or like Kimya Dawson, yeah, it's a very similar thing except that Kimya is way more like musical than so, what the Shags they, are they, doing. They know how to play music is the difference. It's, right, so it's, 
But there are some people who swear by the shags that they are like that they are they're on some different level that we're just not getting that there's a joke that no one else is getting. Yeah, their album was on Kirk Cobain's Kirk one of Kirk Cobain's journals. He wrote like a top twenty five list of his, his favorite albums, and the shags were on there. Yeah, my pal so, foot foot. My pal foot. In the Halloween song. Yeah, man, it's uh, a. <laughs> didn't you didn't you play that at a party at Matt's house and just like in the party? Did we? Did I do that to you? I I thought we did. I thought we played. I thought because you made a playlist. Was that a Christmas party? That uh, was Christmas. Let's not. No, I didn't. I didn't put the shag. <laughs> I didn't. I didn't put the shags on that. Did you no. just play that? Because you did play it on the side of the house. But I think you played it after everyone left. Maybe. I don't remember. I don't think I did. I don't. I don't yes. know. I, I haven't. I don't think I've subjected anybody to the shags yet. It was an epic party, by the way. Well, I've I've been engrossed in something uh, the past couple of days, um, or I should say, past a couple of weeks, Tolkien has just sort of uh, popped up on my radar. I decided to watch the, the Lord of the Rings trilogy over this course of a weekend. Extended edition? Yes, sir. So nice. it took the entire weekend. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hey, in seminary, in seminary, a group of us every year, um, there was a group of us who did it. I only did it one year, got together and watched the entire thing in one day. I, I will say that... Um, I've done that before, yeah. Father... Awesome. Father Chuck and I, one one thing we have in college in common of our college experience is we both took a class for a semester That's that right. was entirely Tolkien. That's right. <laughs> Nerdiest class in the world, yeah. I'm sure. Can I say I trumped everybody when I learned how to read runes? That's right. And that was a class where I talked about how like I had watched a documentary on dragons and I took notes on the documentary and our and our teacher was very impressed by that. And but that's um I think the the person who may have taken the cake on this was Scott Guild. Scott Guild. Scott Guild was in that class. Scott uh, may, may his name live on forever. Our listeners have no idea who Scott Guild is. That's fine. <laughs> but he was just, just a walking brain. Behold, he would have loved this show. <laughs> he wrote his paper on all of the Virgin Mary illusions that are in the Lord of the Rings because there are lots of them because Tolkien did build that into the yeah, story. Yeah, whatever. I wrote my entire reading journal in ancient runes. Okay, you win. <laughs> I got an A, but the professor said if you do it again, I will fail you because I don't have a clue what you said. <laughs> I, I actually didn't. I, the only paper I didn't do great on um, was the the final research paper because I used a letter from Tolkien in, as one of the things to, to argue for my, my point. Mm-hmm. And um, that professor was very, very, very big on death of the author. Oh, yeah. And ah. I was marked down an entire grade for using the author as evidence for what I to support what I believed the point was. I don't know how you can subscribe to death of the author when reading Tolkien, man. Like, you're just you're just going down to a big sea of black and like just getting lost and you're just going to live in your own head. Like, that's what that is. Like, there is no death of the author when it comes to Tolkien. You have to hear what he says. Like. It just wouldn't make sense, right? Well, and, and like his whole thing. I mean, and that, that's the thing about the about the books that I love is like what, what, I think what a lot of people don't get about what Tolkien was doing was that this was all a vehicle for him to make up languages. Yeah, that that's it and for it him. Started as um, his own language, Elfish. Is yeah, where he made it all started. He wanted to make up languages because he was a weird dude, <laughs> and he wanted to make well, up he, languages. And he said that languages linguist. could not exist without a culture. So he created these books. I mean, he also he, he wanted to write a book for his kid, right? Like that's well, kind of no, where the Hobbit came from. The Hobbit, it was an afterthought. The truth yeah. is, he, he created, started the Silmarillion just sort of background for his Elfish. languages. Yeah, he created Elfish, and like his entire life was writing the Silmarillion because he wanted 
the entire history from creation on um, to explain his languages and where yeah. they came from. And and what happened was was um, he had written part of the Hobbit, and I guess he had he had made like sort of a version of it that he was telling his kids, like a version of the story that he would tell his kids at night when they'd go to bed. And C.S. Lewis found it at his desk one day, and he was like, "What is this?" And so he convinced him to bring it to the pub that they all met at, where the group called the I've Inklings got Germany. together. And the Inklings got together, and um, and he read a bit of the Hobbit story, and they really liked it. And they convinced him to publish it, so he published the Hobbit. It was a huge success, and then it took him like twenty years or something to get the first to get um, um, the Fellowship of the Ring. Oh, yeah, but um, and then he got wasted with Arthur C. Clarke. Yeah, and and Lewis. Yeah, <laughs> and Lewis. That story you posted on the on the Facebook. Yeah. Uh, one of my favorite things that I found online, by the way. But I loved um, that when I was younger. It was like the greatest thing ever when I, when I found out that C.S. Lewis and Tolkien were like friends and that they used to like read each other's stuff at, and gather together mm-hmm. at this place and pass notes back and forth about the Chronicles of Narnia and the Lord of the Rings. And then you, learned, like, that, and then you learned that their friendship had a falling out over the Chronicles of Narnia. Because it sucked? or <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Tolkien, Tolkien thought that the mythology in it was crap. And, uh, I don't really like it that much. And, Lu- and Lewis got really offended by that. And um, Tolkien also got really mad that Lewis never became Catholic. I will say, I only, I can you believe? I'll admit this. I only, I've only ever read The Magician's Lef- Nephew and The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. Yeah, I've never read the rest of them. Um, Horse and His Boy never um, is my is probably maybe my favorite. I get made fun of in the in the in the, in the Narnia world for that, but it's a side story. It has nothing to do with the rest of the, the narrative. Mm-hmm. Um, and but I think my absolute favorite is, favorite is the last battle. But I've never. I only read uh, Magician's Nephew and Lion with the Wardrobe. We could do a Narnia episode. <laughs> the last battle, the the, uh, the left behind of the Chronicles of Narnia, dude, so much better. <laughs> so much I hear better. the Tribulation Force shows up in that one. <sighs> JP, have you read the last battle? <laughs> no, I haven't. I haven't read any of these. Honestly, dude, it is it, it is it is a it is a, it is a book of, a, profound, of prof- profound beauty. Yeah, I mean, really, they like, they attempt to assassinate Nikolai Carpathia. <sighs> Can I say I've never read any of those books? The an- Honestly, I haven't read. The Antichrist is a monkey in it, okay? But the Final Judgment depiction is is gorgeous. Just gorgeous. Ah, oh, I just love the way it, it feels. Being somebody who was raised terrified of the rapture and terrified at the end of the world, to read The Last Battle changed my feelings on the whole thing. Yeah. It made, it made me feel like, it made me read Revelation now as a book of hope. Rather than of despair, yeah, that's, that's I love the last. Do you battle. know? Do you know one of the one of that's interesting because I haven't read that one, but we're talking about Tolkien and Lewis. So I'll say one of the one of the my favorite things I've ever read, um, and I'm going to start by by warning our aud- audience: the Silmarillion is a hard read. Yes, I to I've, get through. yes, I've read the whole thing. However, well, we both had to for that class. Yeah. It is it's a hard read. We had to read everything Tolkien written plus. Sir Gawain and the Green Knight because mm-hmm. he tran- because he translated it. Right. So he had to read it because he translated and the whole thing was by okay. translating he was inputting his own voice into it. Which you're supposed to very, ignore. Which is a very, <laughs> very, very interesting introduction into the discussion of Bible translations. But anyway, um, 
the creation account in the Silmarillion mm-hmm. is one of my favorite things I've ever read. Absolutely. The Silmarillion itself, I couldn't even tell you I remember. It was hard. It was rough. <laughs> it's it's a hit you're reading a history textbook for a world that never existed. It's rough. But um, the creation account was incredible. I loved the whole thing, the singing, the songs that they're singing to bring things into creation and it, it was great. And loved Me- it. And Melkor singing yeah, his, he had own his own song, song yeah. that clashed with everybody and it was it was great. And I stand by I I also I will admit I read halfway through the book and then I went out and bought the unabridged audiobook because I wasn't going to finish in time. I wasn't fast <laughs> enough. I love the way that the audiobook pronounces what all of you say is Iluvatar. <laughs> Iluvatar, which is God in Tolkien's the word. Elvish word for God. Iluvatar. In the audiobook, it's Iluvata. Ooh. And I loved it. Oh, so there is an accent. So, so I listen I listen to that. I listen to that and I'm listening to this Iluvata. creation story about Iluvata. And I'm like, wow. <laughs> and then I sit in the class and I'm ready to discuss this. And the first person's like, so Iluvatar is like creating and I'm like, what just happened to everything? Pretty I just read? sure. Was that me? I don't know if it, you were the first one, but then everybody in the room, yeah, I liked when Iluvatar. I'm like, Iluvatar. <laughs> it's... I honestly, I honestly, I was so crushed in that one class, I said nothing the entire time because all I could hear is Iluvatar, Iluvatar, Iluvatar. <laughs> That's like these peasants, these plebeians. <laughs> well, I'm like, and Tolkien funny. is a linguist, and you are, you're making it sound <laughs> the professor like professor would be so upset right now. You're making it sound like you're retching Iluvatar. <laughs> Well, it isn't. I mean, there's a. I don't know if it's true or not. It might be apocryphal that Tolkien was the one responsible for saying the most beautiful sentence and are the most the two most beautiful words in the English language are cellar door. Yeah. Um, I don't know if that's true or not. I don't know if it's from him or not, but I know someone said it. Um, you know, so he he did love the sound. He loved the sound of a good L. <laughs> yeah. Levita. Yeah. Well, it, it, he popped up in my radar, and uh, I decided to watch the three movies. And I really, I actually have not. I've read The Hobbit, um, but it was like 20 years ago, and yeah. I was I was forced to read it in a time when I was I did not like fantasy at all. I just wanted to watch Star Wars and Terminator. <laughs> I but don't Star like Star Wars is fantasy. <laughs> That's a, I don't it wasn't. Like, I don't like fantasy at all. I just wanted to watch Star Wars. See, <laughs> Star Wars wasn't fantasy to me when I was a teenager. I liked it because of Han Solo uh-huh. and Millennium Falcons and and X Wings and. Tie he fighters liked, and stormtroopers. He liked it more for the the Mebus type stuff. I liked it for the, the scientific realism. I, no, no, I liked it because I liked it because it was a western. Like I'm just kidding. I liked it as an action movie. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So it wasn't the same thing. But yeah, I was forced to read it, and like I, I hate I hate Reddit, you know. So I didn't really absorb any of it. I remember something about a big spider, but I guess it's not real either. Is it, did, did Bilbo ever take on a big spider? Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, Great. Yeah. Yeah. Because right, I know Frodo does. In Lord of the Rings. Yeah. I think there's a giant spider also in... Gollum's originally appearance, by the way, creepy. The original, I don't, the don't remember. Long time ago. Anyway, so I, I've never read the books, and like, I, I, I really want to read them now. And, I, and like, I, I live out in the country, and the temperature has dropped, so it's like nice and cool now. And I, I kind of go out, and I'm like, gosh, I, I want to read The Hobbit or maybe, something. Maybe I should mail him my my um, church warden pipe and my like single volume hardbound Lord of the Rings that I have. That would be incredible. Cause I would take advantage of both of those things. You got to read it with a pipe. I, I mean, that really does. Make I've it. always wanted, and I've always wanted a Gandalf pipe. 
Just to got, try one of those. I got rid of all of my Lord of the Rings books and upgraded to the pocket size leather editions of all I was, of them. I couldn't oh, read it's so small. It's pretty pretty sweet. Mine is cool. mine is the one that's like it's big red. It's and like comes a, in a sleeve. You drop it <laughs> boom on the table. <laughs> well, and Charlie like that's like Charlie. Well, first of all, Charlie grabs it off the shelf sometimes and he's like, "It's the Bible," and I'm like, "No, it's not the Bible." Kinda. Kinda. <laughs> so. So he'll like, Daddy, read it. And he's like, of course, used to picture books at this point. And I'm like, yeah, sure, I'll read it. He, I usually get through like half a page. And then he's like, I'm done. <laughs> but like I've kind of gotten through most of the first chapter with him just over the over like a year, just slowly. But no, dude, it's highly recommended. It, it, I will tell you, it is it is tough. Oh, I know it is. I remember when, um, when I went to China, you actually loaned me a Fellowship of the Ring. And yeah. my goal was to read all of Fellowship of the Ring, because, Fellowship of the Ring because it was my first adventure to China when I went to China. Yeah. And then so I remember the first day I sat down uh, to read Fellowship while I was in China. And I was like, what am I doing? I'm in China. And, like, I just put the book down and I went outside. Yeah. <laughs> no, I can, – not, can not the book to read on an adventure. Well, let me say uh, it's cool. That, I, I like that you're talking about because Tolkien, Tolkien means a lot to me. Yeah. Um, the books in particular mean a lot to me because um, I never read in high school. Like I read magazines and stuff. I never <laughs> read books. Like I was – I didn't like reading. It's just never mm-hmm. something I was into. And, like – I was like so like intrigued by books. I just I don't know. I just I thought there was just too much effort in reading a book, so I just never like went through the trouble to do it. I mean, I mean like when I was in third grade, I read the Neverending Story um, and a few other things, but like I just you know, so, but like I just never felt I had the time to sit down and read books. Like I don't know. I just never. I, I don't know. I'd rather play video games and or skateboard and stuff. I don't know. And now you're the book guy on the podcast. Now I'm the book guy, but like <laughs> so I wasn't a reader, and then in like Japanese theology after after high school. Um, I remember I was I started skateboarding again, and it was really random. I was flipping through some of like the the more obscure cable channels, you know, like your ESPN fives and your like you know like yeah. your various MTV offshoots and stuff. And they were playing um, reruns of an old MTV show that also used to show on Nickelodeon called Skate TV. Do you remember the Skate TV? Mm, I don't think SK8 so. SK8 TV, so eighties no. skateboarding show. Very cool. Matthew Lillard was the host back before he was famous. <laughs> wow. And um, so I was watching this old episode. I think he, I can't remember if he's interviewing Tony Alva or who it was, but it's it some some um, pretty well known older skater. Stacy Peralta. It wasn't Stacy Peralta, um, but it was a guy who had become I'm a Christian. I know it was some guy who had become a Christian, um, but he was a guy from like the Dogtown days, and then okay. but he was like in the eighties, so he was you know a more seasoned you know statesman of a skateboarder, and. Um, they, anyway, so uh, Matthew Lillard and him were talking, and, and he's mentioned. And so, like, one of the questions, just very casually out of Matthew Lillard's mouth, is So, what are you reading these days? And the guy starts talking about the books that he reads. And it dawned on me that, like, I started thinking, I was like, it was just this weird moment where like, it hit me. I was like, you know, all the people that I've kind of thought were cool, like skateboarders, surfers, um, you know, musicians, and all this stuff, like, I started thinking about all these people that I really like and admire, and I realized they were all readers. Yeah. And so, I was like, that's it, I need to read. Like, these people that I admire and people I think are cool, like, even if it was just me trying to be cool like them or whatever, I was like, they're reads, so I need to do that. So I went to Borders. Um, remember Borders? That was a cool place. <laughs> I went to Borders. <laughs> what is that? <laughs> and um, and I bought this really cool hardback edition of um, The Hobbit. I was like, you know what? I've always wanted – I, I want to read this. Like, I really I, – I, I've heard about The Hobbit. I'm aware of it. Um, I need to read it. And I was like, I want to read The Lord of the Rings. So I'll start with The Hobbit because it's like the prequel and I'll read The Lord of the Rings. And this was before I knew they were making the movies. And the simplest read. 
honestly. Honestly, the yeah. The Hobbit is more like a child, a children's story. Yeah. It's not, but it's more written yeah. like a children's story than and Lord of the Rings. I bought it, and I was sitting in the parking lot um, waiting for my buddy Josh to show up at our church because we'd skated our church. And I was sitting in my sitting in my van because my first car was a van, and it was awesome, um, <laughs> sitting there reading The Hobbit. And I got through like three, four chapters, and I remember hearing, like, if you can get through, if you can get through the first three chapters of a book, you're likely to finish it. Yeah. So I forced myself to get through the first three chapters of The Hobbit, and I fell in love with it. Um, and then I, I, I devoured the book, finished it, and then immediately went and got Fellowship. And that copy that I lent you was that copy that I went and bought. And so mm-hmm. I went and I bought Fellowship. And so I, mean, I got like halfway through that when I found out. Like Then I was like perusing the magazine section at Borders, and I saw like Empire had like a, co- a cover story about the Lord of the Rings movie. I'm like, they're making a movie out of this? This is <laughs> awesome. So, um, but yeah, all through my time in Valencia, I used to sit between my classes and read the Lord of the Rings. And those are the first books that I ever really sat down and read Yeah, were the Lord of the Rings books. Like, and that started me on my journey of reading. So I have a very, a very soft spot in my heart for, for J.R.R. Tolkien. And I totally bogarted your whole thing, JP. Sorry. It's no, it's like, fine. Finish I'll, I'll, your, your Tolkien thing. This, this is, this is why, I mean, I didn't really have much more to add just that, uh, He's just the moderator. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I went to the library today uh, in hopes of finding um, some Tolkien books I could take home and was very disappointed that they did not have The Hobbit or Lord of the Rings. What kind of library do you have there? Probably keeps the uh, Well, I mean, it, they, they, they were come back to Florida. They were out. And also the Lord of the Rings trilogy are like really crappy mass paperback books. I'm not reading that crap. Um, it's, it is the same book on the inside though. As I long as you're not buying care. it. I don't care. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm picky. And you know what? It's, you're right. It's, it's unreasonable. It's irrational. Uh, but Matt and I, we've talked about this a lot. Yeah, like no, it's not, it's not unreasonable and irrational, but if you're going to the library, just take whatever they have, if that's all they got. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I get you. It's like, it's like, if the book is like f- about four inches wide, yeah. there's something wrong with that. It needs to be like good, like five to six inches. The, the right? only- like. A, the only thing I'm ever good with the mass paperback, the only time I'm ever good with that, honestly, is if I'm going on some kind of a trip where I'm, where I'm just throwing it in a backpack. Like, because I'm, I'm very, like, OCD about my books. Yeah. Like, when I'm done reading it, you can't tell I open the book is how I try and get it. Oh, either wow. that, I, mean, I destroy my no, books. No, but it's one or the other. I either want a book that I've read five times through and you can't tell I opened it. Or I want one that looks like I drug it around the world twice. Like, I don't want an in-between. Destroy it or keep it perfect. I hate when there's, like, a crease in the in the cover. <laughs> I'm like, oh. this one little line in the cover. Which is kind of funny, because I remember in high school, uh, I wanted to read the Harry Potter books. And I think Matt had all of them, or at least at, at that time, uh, as many as they, there were. I don't know if there were, like, maybe three or four at the time. And... I was. I asked Matt if I could borrow Harry <laughs> no. Potter, and you know, you said yes, but you you tried to show me how to read it. And I was like, you know what, you know what, I'll just go buy my own. I'll just go buy my own. And you know what, it's JP, okay. it made you a better man. It did. <laughs> no. Own up, own up to your own. It stuff. just made me not ask you ask to borrow a book from you. Is so what I it have. Was. I have a copy of. I was a sappy child in school. I was mocked mercilessly for it. I have a copy of yes, yes, mock me, go for it, of Romeo and Juliet, that is like disintegrating. Yeah. It's it's disintegrating, and I love that because Hamlet and Romeo and Juliet are two books I haven't read them since high school, but yeah. they are the two, but the only two books that I read probably, uh, I would say at least seven times each. 
just reading through them just because I was obsessed yeah. in high school with, with Shakespeare. But I carried it everywhere. Like, I'd be at, I'm not a sports fan. My brother was in sports. So we would go to all his games. And you'd be running but that means, But awesome. that means that you go to the JV game and sit through it waiting for the varsity game to start that my brother was in. So while the JV game was going, I was in the bleachers reading Romeo and Juliet or Hamlet. I was that kid. So yes, you can imagine what was said to Matt, but but I made it through. Remember we lived together, and I like so clearly wanted to be a beatnik. Like, do you remember this? And like, I do because I kind of wanted to be one too. And I like used to walk around with like copy of with like Kerouac books in my back pocket. Like, yeah, yeah. We could we had a poetry class together. I remember. Oh yeah, <laughs> I was all about Ginsburg. Jeez. And when my favorite was when you actually recited your poems, it was like it was like watching Ginsburg, man. <laughs> I, I loved my creative writing I like, class. I like poetry. I took a creative writing for publication course. Were you in that one, yes. the one with me? Yes. JP was not. He was supposed to be, but he I wasn't an artist. You, he was in the one class. before. But I was in that, and everybody wrote their poems, and they all read them, and they were so deep. <laughs> and we, we would read them. What I liked about the class is you had to print out copies for everybody. You'd read it, and, and while you read it, while you read it out loud, everybody else is writing all over the copy. And then you went over it at the end. Um, because the point to the class was to get something published somewhere before the class was done. So right. we yeah, we had it. that class too. So we ripped them apart. This wasn't like, oh, you could work a little on your sentence. It's like, no, this is crap. This is cliche. Mm -hmm. Strike yeah. this entire paragraph. But I loved all these poems, these deep poems. Everyone's writing their poems and their short stories that are so profound that I still argue the person who wrote it doesn't have a clue what the heck they're talking about. <laughs> There's a poem about a box in the middle of the street that I'm 100% convinced that person couldn't even begin to tell me what the heck the point of the box in the street was. <laughs> you don't even know what you're thinking. It just, it just sounded fancy. So they asked Matt, it's time to read. So Matt read his, his murder story. <laughs> that started off as this like cheesy love story and it sounded like this guy going on and on about how how in love he is with the perfect girl and then oh, you I find out this. and then you find out she was dead the whole time and her her son comes out of the back room and he's like who are you and he's like well hello my name's Mark and I'm going to be your new daddy and that was the final period of the entire thing and the class tore me apart they were mad <laughs> they got mad and i yep. loved it i loved it and professor athey looks at me and says you couldn't ask for a better response because everybody <laughs> in this room wants you to finish something else with that story right he's like you left everybody going you can't leave it that way you have to say something else he's like everyone in that room wanted something else from you and i was like that that's, that was my shining moment <laughs> Honestly, that was like the one of the coolest experiences ever. The whole class turned on me. It was incredible. That was the class where I wrote the uh, the, 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 the zombie story where you and, where you and JP are in it. Yeah, oh, I love those. I love both of those Blue stories. Blue silhouettes. Way. Blue silhouettes. Maybe I should put that on the podcast. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, that'd be fun. We should do a reading. Oh, wait, well, readings of our stories. <laughs> should, I, I can recite my 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 famous <laughs> poem for our poetry class right now. Do you want to, you want me to do it? I we have time. I think we we've discussed time. it before, but do it. Let's do it. Here we go. We Epic time. poem. Okay. And when I'm done, I want you to do the poetry snaps. Give us a title and then give us the poem. Okay. All right. You ready? Sorry, I just I'm trying to do my drum. <laughs> All right. The title of this poem is Greedo Shoots First. Here we go. Worst idea ever. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you. Yes. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> yes, ladies and gentlemen, he wrote that for a college level writing class. <laughs> uh, 
So, so yeah. here's a story that I think Father Father Fun will appreciate. Um, so, this is an offshoot of the publishing class. Okay, so um, I got like four things published that class. Like, yeah. I mean, it, yeah, I got like four things published. My 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 the poetry class or the the creative writing for publication. Oh, okay. Um, which involved poetry as well as short stories and stuff yeah. like that. I mean, I got um, I was really proud of my, um, my my short story about the about the evangelist with a gun. Um, yeah. Door door evangelist with a gun. I still love that story. That got picked up by an by a um, by an anthology, and um, I had some poems picked up by these really crappy small pr- um, things. But I got a piece of fan mail, which was super creepy because like I think the person is a little screw loose. I didn't know that. Yeah, I got fan mail, dude. Um, so um, I, I showed it to Athey because I, I talked about it in class and I was excited because like, I was the only person in the class that got fan mail. And I showed Athey and he was like, yeah, dude. He's like, I would not write her back. Um, <laughs> I think I'd be very afraid because um, she, she seemed unhinged. But um, <laughs> but yeah, so I still have it somewhere, the the, the letter. But anyway, so, um, so, I, so I got things published, right? So fast forward a few years to seminary, and um, I'm sitting in I'm sitting at the table with a group of my friends, and you know when like you're having like heated discussions with your buddies, and like you're trying to like you're trying to prove points and trump things. We're having this discussion about um, types of fiction. I think if I remember correctly, I was arguing with this guy Dave Romanek. Um, I was arguing with him about I made some comment about like bestseller fiction versus literate fiction, and he is like, no, bestseller just refers to like. You know, bestseller just refers to like the fact that it's on the bestseller list. Like that's a bestseller. And I'm like, no, no, bestseller fiction is like it's a type of fiction. Like there are people who write as a bestseller. You know, like I'm trying to make this kind of argument about it. And that there are people who do literature. It's very different. And um, and he's not he's not he's not buying in. Where I'm getting, I'm getting very upset and very heated and trying and, and come to a point where I can no longer articulate myself. And so like my like drop the hammer comment is, listen, I am a published author. <laughs> oh God. Immediately, immediately, yeah. I realized, oh God, I'm not going to live this down. Like this was this is this is like in Hollywood. Do you know who I am? Exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that it, it it kind of became a little bit of a running joke with, among my friends, sort of an inside joke with us that we'll still like occasionally. Some people, more me, I, I I'll still make jokes about it. So Father I, Fun can probably roll his eyes and say, yeah, you know, I've killed this joke. But should that be the title of the episode? I am a published author. <laughs> that, that reminds that reminds me of um. Not one you're, of my finer you're moments. A published authors. That reminds me of that same creative writing for publication class. That is honestly the number one class that sticks in my head from mm-hmm. school. It was fun. Um, the same class. One of my other favorite college moments was me versus the entire class arguing that Stephen King is a real author. And they all, again, they got so mad. Yeah. They all argued, no, it's just nonsense. You could go out and buy how to write the, the great American novel and write a Stephen King book just based on that. And I was like, so why don't you? Yeah. I was like, he has millions of people reading. And I remember telling him, I'm like, look, bottom line, he has an audience, which makes him an author. I was like, you're sitting home writing your poems. That just makes it a journal. Like if oh. nobody's reading it, you're not you're not an author. Yeah. You're just. I mean, I, they they were mad. Yeah, I wouldn't say that. Stephen, <laughs> I would say Stephen King is an example of the difference between bestseller fiction and literary fiction. Yeah, here we go. Because <laughs> no, he's no, I agree. I do agree. There are different levels of. It's like Oscar bait. Like it's right. like it's like people who write like for an Oscar. Like yes, that's and they're arguably writing, they're fi- they're following a very clear formula. Whereas right. you got people trying to do things that are very weird in language, and oh, well, I realize I mean, now it's super pretentious, and I can't would, stand it anymore. It would be like there's just being like an auteur director, and, and, and like yeah. a director who's not an yeah, auteur. Yeah, like I would, I would not argue for Stephen King to be placed on the level of Shakespeare like or, or Tolkien. 
It's um, like it is Brett Ratner and Wes Anderson. But yeah, yeah, but to try and but to try and down downplay his being an author. I argue. Right. I argue. I like saying Brett Ratner is not a director. Right. It's like right. Uh, it's like right. He he was able to accomplish what like two percent of people on Earth can do. But you're right. He's a, and he's, he's a, a machine. Failure. I know. Stephen King is a machine. Um, but that leads me to JP. I'm gonna I'm gonna steer the podcast and say, Matt, what have you been been into recently? Okay. Um, my my theme for the last month, murder. I've been on a reading binge. I gotta go. <laughs> I've been on I've been on a reading binge and a, a a Netflix binge of shows that I found out like all of a sudden I realized wait a second all of these are perfectly tied in together. Um, my sister in law she gave me the girl on the train and said I had to read this book, mm-hmm. which is getting ready to come out as a movie. Uh, first of all, the book is amazing. But it sent me down this rabbit hole looking for others. So I read The Girl on the Train. I read All the Missing Girls. I read um, In a Dark, Dark Wood by Ruth Ware, which they geniusly put the the first two chapters of her new novel in the back so that I went out and bought her new novel, The Woman (laughs) in Cabin Cabin 10. Wow. in three weeks, I've I read those. I'm noticing while... girls, girls, girls or women in places as the theme here. Yeah, but they're <laughs> but they but but they are the central figure of the of the fiction. That's that's the thing that people are seeing. Like, there's this movement where in these murder mysteries, the woman is the protagonist driving the story forward, and that's picked up like this huge head of steam recently. Um, and the books are incredible, um, but. Girl on the Train, come on. If you haven't read that book, if you're a reader and you haven't read that book, just get up off your butt, go out, buy it, and read it. And In a Dark, Dark Wood was incredible. All the Missing Girls, it's kind of like Memento, the movie, plays out backwards. Um, you hear, you read the end, of the, you read the end, and then you yeah. go a day, you start two weeks earlier and go a day at a time, uh, or two weeks, you go backwards two weeks and then go back to where you started. And it's an amazing book. In a Dark, Dark Wood, incredible. Loved it. The The basic premise from Ruth Ware on In a Dark, Dark Wood was what if what if there was a murder and you weren't sure if you committed it or not? And that's the premise. And uh, uh, Woman in Cabin 10, the one that I'm currently reading, her idea on that one was what if you witnessed a murder but everybody else told you it didn't happen? Is it only you're only focusing on fiction, no uh, nonfiction stuff? Yeah, no, I'm on a fiction kick. I'm all, all about the mysteries right now. Yeah. Um, which so you're not going to read like, In Cold Blood or Helter Skelter? Which fits in with my TV shows. Yeah. I'm on a Netflix binge of uh, The Fall, Broadchurch, Wallander, which is Kenneth Branagh. Never knew about that show. It you also finished has, The Killing. Who, who is, who's Loki? What's his uh, name? Tom Thomas Hiddleston. Oh, yeah, Tom Hiddleston. He's, he's, he's in the show Wallander with um, Kenneth Branagh. Oh, okay. And I finished The Killing, which doesn't 100% fit with my, my show binge, but is murder mystery. Yeah. But uh, my binge I found myself on both in books and TV shows is British are, are British murder mysteries. <laughs> and is Broadchurch, is that the one where it's a, it's the Anglican priest who's like a detective? That it, no. Broadchurch is um, a, a town in, in Great Britain. It is... Uh, Oh my gosh, why am I blanking on everything? It is Doctor Who, my favorite David Doctor Tennant. Who. It is David Tennant as a um, de- the lead detective. Yeah. And 
the the woman who was supposed to get the lead detective job, she was out on leave, and she was supposed to get the job when she came back and finds out that he was moved into that position while she was gone. Yeah. Um, and they start off on this murder mystery of a child in a small town, um, and it plays into all the roles of um, how rumor and perception is like the number one leading thing in these murder mysteries and stuff. Mm. But what's interesting, what I found, what I've decided in watching this is the reason I think that the the British murder mystery shows are so much better than ours, because Broadchurch is basically law and order. Um, you know, in law and order, you've got the bum, law, bum. you've got the law side where they're arresting them, and then you get the, the whole, like, or the, the order side where they arrest them, and then the law side where they have the, the trial, yeah. and it's in an episode, and you get it all played out, and it's all quick-paced, and interview, and this, and action, yeah. and this. Broadchurch is that same format, spread out over two seasons, so the whole first season is the investigation. The whole second season is the trial. And yeah. what I love about the British murder mystery shows is they take their time. <laughs> Literally, the scenes, the camera will linger. The shot will stay there for a few seconds longer than it than you think it should. And the whole thing with music that's just like, it's almost so calming. It doesn't fit with the show. And that makes yeah. it, that makes it, perfect because it doesn't fit and it makes it kind of eerie in the moment of this murder mystery they play it out perfectly and american tv is so like boom 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 get to the answer well it's funny to mention that because um so the other thing that i've been watching is um kana and i have just start embarked on mad men yeah. And I'm really impressed with how slow Mad Men is going. Mm-hmm. Like, it's not a fast-paced show. Mm-hmm. Um, it's all slow burn reveal of different characters, yeah. which is refreshing because yeah. it's, and, it's nice to have. Yeah, and don't get me wrong. Slow for the sake of slow is crap. Right, right. But when it is done right, slow can build so much tension and anticipation that what, what America, what American television has forgot is slowing something down drastically can actually make you more excited than flashing these images so quickly in front of us, like a music video version well, and of. It, and like, it really explores the pop- Well, and it really explores like the benefits of what story of what television storytelling can do. Mm-hmm. Whereas you know, like with a movie, you get two hours. Mm-hmm. You know, so like when you have a TV show that tries to cram a whole storyline in thirty minutes or an hour. Like, I mean, with commercials, it's only 45 minutes, right? And, like, so that's all you get. Like, but you can do, like, a, close to what, you know, soap operas have been doing for decades and what comic books have been doing for, you know, decades of just, um, you know, slowly trickling out a storyline, mm-hmm. you know, knowing that people will stick with it and watch it. And it just, and it's, and it's, it's a much better long form story, yeah. you know, for long form storytelling. Yeah. I think it's and, great. And ironically, the, the show that, the one show that doesn't fit my British murder mystery binge I'm on right now is The Killing, because that's the one I watched anyway, is technically American, but it was taken from, from another one. It's like our mm-hmm. adaptation of it. But ironically, the killing when it came out on TV, it um, the the pun is intended. I can't not say it made a killing. Its first season, um, it was the like the talk. It was the show everyone was watching, but it lost a drastic amount of viewers between season one and two, for the simple fact that they dared to finish the first season without solving the murder, yep. and that made people so mad. 
because in America, how dare you not tell me? Like, right. how dare you? It took them two seasons to solve the one murder, and people gave up on the show. I watch it now, and I'm like, but that, if you're going to do a mystery show, you can't rush through it. There's no mystery. You've got to take your time with it. You've right. got to slow it down. You've got to make it almost painful sometimes. Like, interrogation scenes are so much better in a show where it's almost painful to get through. You almost give up. You're almost like, all right, this is boring, or I can't take that question again, because it places you in the whole point. Like, that's what's going on, is confusion and trying to solve it and trying to drive each other nuts and push each other's buttons and figure it out. And I just love it, and I'm, I'm just on, like, this kick, yeah. this, this binge with all of them. I want to point out, though, in uh, Broadchurch, opposite David Tennant is Olivia Coleman. Um, Amazing, by the way. She's an awesome actress. I love her to death. She's also really funny. She was in uh, she was in Hot Fuzz as the uh, <laughs> very inappropriate <laughs> the one. She's like the one girl in the uh, in the precinct, and so she makes like really inappropriate jokes. Oh, I think I remember that character. She, she's uh, really funny. She. Um, I, I'm glad you said. I couldn't remember her name, so I'm glad you said it because yeah. she's incredible in that show. She's really good, but she's also got she's got great range. She's uh, also really funny in the show called this British show called Peep Show, which ran for like nine seasons. Uh, it's sort of like a it's a sitcom uh, with David Mitchell and Mark Webb. Really funny, um, and she's. Uh, Great dramatic actress, as, as he said, in Broadchurch. And she was in this movie called Tyrannosaurus Rex, which was like a heartbreaking movie. Um, but seek it out if you want to be like, you know, British depressed. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but essentially, you, you point that out, Matt, about uh, British television. There, there is a difference between in, in, in cultures, um, American TV and British TV. And actually, film critic Holt has talked a lot about the, the differences and why like each audience is so enamored with the other one. Why, why American audiences love British TV so much and why, why British audiences love American TV so much. American audiences love British TV because it's, like, subdued. It's not, like, overly expressive and emotional. And because that's, like, that's our whole culture, you know, stiff upper lip. Right. Kind of thing, keep calm, carry on. Not just a meme. And, you know, they're enamored with our TV because it's so emotional, you know. It's so bombastic and it's so expressive and it's explosive and it's... Kind of like the same way that, like, I know that there are some people here in America who have a, a huge fascination with telenovelas. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, for the same reasons. It's, it's funny you mentioned the difference in the culture. Kana found this really great show. It's on Netflix called, um, I, think, I can't remember if it's called Very British Problems or just... I saw that on Netflix. It is hilarious. Yeah? Yeah, it's really funny. Um, you learn a lot about the British watching it, but it deals with... Um, you know, showing emotions and all that kind of stuff. It's kind of funny. Yeah. It's pretty funny. Kenna, Kenna watches that um, while the kids are napping. So, like, when I come home from work and the kids are still napping, it's on. So I, I've caught a couple episodes with her. Um, but, yeah, it's it's definitely worth checking out. All right. And I watched a movie called Before I Go to Sleep, Nicole Kidman, um, oh, yeah. which I would highly recommend anybody out there read the, read the book. Not, I wouldn't recommend the movie. I'd recommend read the book because I wish more than anything that I hadn't seen the movie. Not because the movie's bad, but because the little twist that happens in the movie. Again, going back to this discussion of pacing and slowing it down, the movie was so quick-paced that the twist was like, oh, wow, and that was it. But I can't imagine what it's like to get 250, 260 pages into a book 
and then get hit in the face with what happens. So I would recommend the book before I go to sleep, and I haven't even read the book. But it's about a woman suffering from um, amnesia. She can't oh. make new memories. Oh, wow. Um, and well, speaking, speaking of movies... Um, I mean, one one thing I've I've I've, I've practically have Finding Nemo memorized now because Charlie speaking has discovered of, Finding speaking Nemo. Speaking of amnesia, not making new memories. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> um, I haven't seen Finding Dory yet, and I can't, I'm excited about that. But um, is um, I bought Civil War on Blu-ray. Nice. Really about. But also, I gave my whole my I gave hard-earned money to Batman v Superman Ultimate Edition on Blu-ray. Really? Yeah, I haven't watched it yet, but I I did. Okay. That's weird. I like the movie. We've established that. <laughs> hey, hey. I hated it when I saw it in theaters, and I bought it. I bought the digital copy mm-hmm. of the the extended one. Um, I have to say, I, I'm curious because I couldn't I couldn't right now go, oh, here's what's different. I honestly can't remember the differences to even point them out. What I do know is I watched in theaters and was very clear on this podcast how much I hated that movie. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and then I watched the extended one at home. And I didn't hate it. That's I, what I've heard. I, I've heard, I I've like, heard it's, it's a bad I don't, movie. I don't even know what was different. I feel like I saw this, and yet... Well, Jenna Malone. Jenna Malone's in the extended something about Something about it. Something they put it put in there. Jenna Malone. She has like, that effect on movies. Yeah, maybe that should be his tagline. Batman vs. Superman Ultimate Edition. You won't hate it. You know what I do? <laughs> you know what I did hate, though? There was one thing I hated. In the theater version, I don't believe they actually named... Jimmy Olsen. Oh, yeah, 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 they did. In the extended one, they name him. So now it's like they in the extended one, there's no backing it. There's no backing down from it. It's like, <laughs> I'm Jimmy Olsen. Um, yeah, so that's the uh, one. That's the only thing that I was like, oh, man. But yeah. other than that, I was like, I, I actually, something about that one. I, I was like, huh, this one, see this one? I, 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 can't, I can't say I, I like it. But I was like, hmm, interesting. As opposed to, I wanted to leave the theater. Yeah. We are... Out of time, you guys. Unfortunately. Some, someone, someone else. <laughs> nice. End us out on something. Give us a deep thought. Give us something to take home and chew on. All right, here's, a, here's here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Here's something. Here's the end. Here's the end. Here's 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 something that will blow your mind. Okay. So I read the other day about this physicist um, who. Um, so so we all know that photons can either be observed or measured, but they can't be both at the same time. Mm-hmm. Right, so this—that's the Heisenberg uncertainty principle. So um, we all know that, right? So this physicist sort of applied that on a on a, like a like more of like a, a like a galactic scale. Like he, he 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 conjectured out this idea. Anyway, basically, if you use a telescope and you're looking like light years away, like you know, like the Hubble and all this kind of stuff, you use a telescope to look in the past, like like look light years away. You're effectively looking in the past. Right, because light, the way the light right. mm-hmm. white mm-hmm. distance is, so you're looking in the past. So therefore, you're observing a photon in the past, and by observing it, it changes from a wave to a particle. So you're affecting the past hmm. through look through potentially through looking through a telescope. That's insane. Wow, that's going to be really weird when I end the show on a on a shag song. <laughs> That's it. I don't no, care. that's that's great. We just, uh, yeah. Uh, I don't know. I don't know, man. I was trying to give you something. <laughs> trying to give you something. It's fine. It's fine. You know what? We had a good episode. I had fun talking about Tolkien. We need to do a Tolkien episode. Apparently, a, I realized we didn't. Do, we've never done a book episode about books in general. <laughs> we promise. We read. We promise. Because we've done. We've done. I read. Because we've done like music and <laughs> movies and TV shows. We've never done one about books. Yeah, we should. 
like yeah. favorite books. Yeah. Like I want to talk about Dune. Yeah, just make sure yes. there's a just make sure there's a film adaptation so I can watch it and present <laughs> I read the book. <laughs> that, that's, that's I'll, I'll listen to the audio book. That's fine. Ooh, ooh, on that final thought, um, uh, everyone should watch Kenneth Branagh's Hamlet. Oh yeah. Speaking of film adaptations. Oh yeah, best adaptations. Were, uh, Kenneth Branagh's Hamlet, Hamlet, and Francis Ford Coppola's Bram Stoker's Dracula. Mm-hmm. Perfect adaptations. Armin Shimmerman, uh, the actor who played Quark on Deep Space yes. Nine. A noted Shakespearean um, actor and director and scholar um, hates Kenneth Branagh's Hamlet. Really? Yeah, he said so on the Engage, the official Star Trek podcast. Did he say episode. why? Other than no, he just made a little, like, Neelix, <laughs> the, the actor who plays Neelix on Voyager, they're the two of them being interviewed. It's a very good episode. Um, but um, Neelix makes a little joke about, because um, he's talking about Kenneth Branagh's production of some other Ham, uh, some other um, Shakespeare thing. Mm-hmm. He's like, oh, what about his version of Hamlet? And, and, and um, Armin Sherman's like, no. Was like, much, he just was the other one much ado about noting? nothing. No. Well, okay. you know, I I uh, I love Armin Sherman. He he also played Principal Snyder and Buffy. Yes, he is. Uh, it was weird listening to him and Neelix on the. I'm going to keep calling Evan Peters Neelix because that's who he is to me. That episode's great because it's like listening to Quark and Neelix talk. Ladies and, and gentlemen, and an I, introduction into typecasting. Carry on. <laughs> and uh, I, he also played a version of Colonel Rickman in Sliders. So, here you go. <laughs> well, hey, I, we haven't had a Sliders reference in a there long we go. time. Sliders back. I, I wrote, I wrote an entire paper at some point in my educational career about why I believe Kenneth Branagh's interpretation of Hamlet is more true to the story than Shakespeare's himself, and why Shakespeare would have written it that way had he been alive during the Victorian age. You really were an insufferable college student. I was. <laughs> and you know what? The professor loved it in your face. <laughs> to be fair, it was at Palm Beach Atlantic University. <laughs> it was. It was a Shakespeare class. <laughs> Shakespeare and uh, Tolkien, it's what I... I should have... I'm, I'm sorry. I'm going to take that back. I am not going to belittle our university. I'm very proud of our university. I'm proud of where we come from. I think it is a fine institution. Yeah, we love to tease it, but it was a good school. I really did. I loved it. It was all right. <laughs> JP didn't. But JP was a film I did, student. I had a different experience. <laughs> It's okay. Oh we don't talk about it. It's nope. fine. But I argued that the Victorian era was a better juxtaposition for the dark story of Hamlet and his his journey into depression and brooding. Right. And I believe that Shakespeare would have been very proud of the imagery that was bright and flashy and mirrored and lit in light of um, Hamlet's. Be lit. Yeah. In light of Hamlet's mood. Shakespeare is lit, you guys. But yeah, you can you can take a copy. No, lit no AF. Lit. You can no take a lit. copy. Literature of, is lit. You, you can you can you can take you can take a copy. That's the episode. That's the book episode title. Literature is lit. You can take a copy of Hamlet and read from the first page to the last word for word while you watch the Kenneth Branagh version, which is what I think is pretty cool about it. Yep. What I'm what I'm gonna love is when we get like a random angry message from Armin Shimmerman, <laughs> <laughs> who's like, I did, I never said I hated it. You misunderstood well, me. I will uh, tell you, just to, just to, here's some gold press latinum. Just to his revel. Fairy character in Stargate SG One. Just to revel in my nerdum, I, I will tell you that if you read along with the Kenneth Branagh version, you will have to be aware of the fact that he moves the scene where um, Hamlet is confronted by his go- the ghost of his. Can I just comment that Matt is doing what JP did with Sliders <laughs> a few months back? Apparently, to Shakespeare. To be or not to be in front of a, a one-way mirror was genius. 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 We gotta go. We gotta go. It's been real. 
We'll see you next week. Thank you and good journey. Good journey. Shy.